the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Kiddos has opened up about four lengths on Valenti as they come down. Has he gone way too early with the 65? We'll soon know past the 600 metres mark as Van Winkle and Argento, they're being pumped to go forward. And the young boxer Sicilating is coming around the outside. They straighten up and Valenti comes for home. He's only got about a two to three length lead on Sicilating. Emerging down the outside, Argento Perlo. Van Winkle, Mashani Astana coming into it. He's on tired legs, Valenti, as Sicilating goes up on the outside. The young boxer goes up to the heavyweight. He's got the lead, Sicilating. Sicilating is coming clear with the 55 and a half. And Sicilating dominant in the end, one by three and a half. Valenti second. Mashani Astana into third. Van yeah, exciting call there by Rob Luck. Expected to win. He's a, quite a talented horse. His record tells us that. Trained by Todd Austin. A dollar fifty-five there. The Tree of Knowledge Cup on the weekend. Over sixteen hundred metres at Bar Calden. And Rob Luck's with us. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Steve. And uh, it's one of the key features on the weekend that we'll come back to a little bit later. That. That big clash between the young up-and-coming uh, horse and the outstanding open company horse, uh, Sicilating versus Balenti. But there was so much happening on the weekend, not only at Bar Calden uh, with the Tree of Knowledge, which was, which was part of the uh, Outback Racing Showcase heat. There was heats also at Gregory Downs. There was the Battle of the Bush qualifier out of, Gilpy, uh, out of Quilpie, which we're going to hear from Paul Dolan in a minute. And, of course, controversial with the disqualification of the winner in that particular race. And uh, in the middle part of our show today, we're also going to hear about the Magic Million Series uh, winner out of uh, Mount Garnet on day one on Friday and Saturday there uh, with Peter Rowe coming on board. But uh, plenty to get through. And as well, we had provincial results across the board and uh, Thangul Racing. Plenty to get to, Steve. Um, we're going to start this morning with welcoming Paul Dolan. Back to Bushbeat, uh, as Paul described the other week. It's like taking a little holiday going out to Quilpy. He's now back home, I gather, Paul, and uh, an exciting day out there and a bit of controversy with the Battle of the Bush qualifier. Good morning to you. G'day, Rob. Good morning, all. Yes, it was a, uh, a pleasant drive out to Quilpy, a lot, uh, lot, lot greener scenery than we saw uh, last time we went out there, so it's amazing what a, a good drop of rain will do to the district and lift the spirits as well. And, uh, yeah, but unfortunately... Um, what was an exciting day's racing was, um, how would you say, um, unfortunate, very unfortunate incident in the main race when the winner weighed in light. Um, Murphy's Law, I suppose, striking there, Rob. Had it been one of the other races, it probably wouldn't have been as, as dramatic, but it was, in fact, the, uh, the Quilpie Newmarket, which was the uh, qualifying race for the Battle for the Bush. So High Cost, who was first across the line, jockey Paul Randell weighed in light, lighter than the half a kilo um, allowed, and um, the steward, chief steward from Toowoomba just said to me, I've got no option, but I don't want to do it, but I've got no option mm. but to disqualify the horse under the rules. So um, awful luck there for connections of uh, high cost. Mark Johnson, the trainer from Charleville. Any idea as to further new, you know, as to uh, obviously he would have weighed out OK, Paul, as to why this has happened? No, I, I don't, Steve. Um, yeah, well, he, that's right. Let's assume he weighed out correctly. Well, he came in, I'm told, 0277 uh, under the half kilo, so not not a lot, I suppose, but it, but it's um, it, it was there. I, no, I, don't, I, I kept kept hearing before I left the track. I kept hearing the word appeal being bandied around. Whether there's any right of appeal against a decision like that, I don't know. But obviously, uh, you know, with a two hundred thousand uh, dollar 
uh, the horse was going to be qualified for the $200,000 race, um, they'd be looking at any avenue, whether there's a loophole or a, you know, a, a reason for a or justification for an appeal, I don't know. Mm, doesn't but, help uh, the punters, does it? It was favourite. The $10 shots ended up winning it. Yes, that, that's ironic, Steve. It was the uh, $2 favourite in the Calcutta the night before and was the highest uh, pr purchased horse at the Calcutta. So the person who bought it, who I know who he is, I won't mention him, but he uh, wasn't me. He, um, he's done his dough on that. Um, and um, the $10 shot, which is a horse called Trommerschlag and one that Robert Heathcote used to train, now became the, then became the winner and is the horse to go to Eagle Farm for the final. At least he knows Eagle Farm. He was trained there for a few years. The irony also, Paul, the runner-up, Taco Dioro, also trained by Mark Johnson. Um, so he won it, he lost it, and he got beaten uh, in the end with the second place get all up third, moved to second, I take it. Yeah, that's true. Taco Dioro was third across the line, was uh, was promoted to second. So, um, yeah, and Thomas Lagan was one of the lowest-priced horses in the Calcutta, and he, he went out uh, to the race at, uh, at $10. So the, the favourite got um, weighed in light, and the $10 shot, jumped into the winning position. But more may be heard, but I don't know, you know exactly what they can do. He's a consistent old drumbeats galloper, Trommelschlagen, and uh, he'd come off a Nurema third his last run. So once he's informed that horse out there on those tracks, he could uh, he could continue on. And uh, uh, bad luck, of course, as you said, to Mark Johnson, but I'm sure he'll be targeting high cost for another heat. But the day also, Paul, featured uh, some really good uh, riding efforts, particularly Anna Bakos. This young lady just continues. She's gone treble. I think four winners, then a, a double and a treble in the last three weeks. And Ben Moffat with a double and uh, Augustella trainer Raymond Frazier might go through those, a double for him as well. Yeah, well, Anna Bakos, um, you highlighted that she rode four at Cunnamulla on Anzac Day. Um, she was on the favourite in the first, and they were in the barrier. The starter was about to let them go, and her horse reared up old licorice and got tangled and busted gear, which couldn't be replaced in a reasonably short space of time. So the horse was a scratching, and it was the favourite. So... Uh, we'll never know whether it won, but ha you know, had old Licorice gone round and won, she would have ridden four for the day. Mm. So, um, as I said, there was a drum, drum, bit of drama there from the with the favourite rearing in the in the barrier and, and busted gear ruling it out. The winner of the first was my big brother. It was the uh, maiden plate. My big brother Ben Moffat, first of a double for him, trained by um, Cheryl Rogers in Roma. The um, Second race, Anna Bakos chipped in here with Old Town Road for Ray Fraser, who's based at Augustella, about three-hour drive away from um, from Quilpie. And then in the third race, just fabulous, Ben Moffat got that one home to complete a double for him, a Les Baker, the trainer in Charleville. The uh, the field of five in the 1350-metre benchmark race almost finished in race book order. It was one, two, three, five, four. And uh, the winner was all too sweet, Anna Bakos for Ray Fraser, that trainer from Augustella. Then we had the um, the uh, eventful one, the new mark new market, high cost Paul Randell first across the line by a half length margin, but weighed in light. Trommerschlagen the winner, Michael Schrappel for John Patterson who's based at Charleville. And then Anna Bakos won the cup, the last one, over the mile, the Mulga Mulga Mile as it's called. Master of the Turf, seven year old trained by John Patterson at Charleville. So some sort of pain relief there, I guess, for John be winning the last, the cup, and uh, that completed Anna Bakos's uh, winning treble. So, yeah, treble to Anna Bakos, a double to Ben Moffat in the saddle, a double to Ray Fraser, and two winners to uh, John Pattinson. And uh, geographically, one winner from Roma, three from Charleville, two from Augustella.
And Raymond Fraser's got the team going well. That Old Town Road, or Old Town Road, three wins in a second. He's last five, and he's willing to travel Raymond with them. And of course, good to see Anna Bacos getting these rides for different stables. A double with uh, Raymond Fraser, but then also the win with John um, Patterson. But an interesting thing, Paul, just fabulous. I'm sure I've seen on the uh, on the um, online market. And uh, when you see this happen, uh, the horses tend to suddenly start winning. And he's done it again. He was up for sale, I'm sure. I saw Just Fabulous. And he's gone out there. Might change the mind for Les Baker because he picked up the cutest money. Yeah, I was going to mention that. He was a $6 chance in the betting. So that's the old story. The more they win, the better the price. Um, yeah, they had the cutest money on the Class 4 which, uh, you know, it's usually a maiden, but it was on the Class 4, which is fair enough. And Just Fabulous is a uh, cutest horse. He's the son of Falvalon. So they picked up, including the cutest, $8,500. And the good thing with cutest in the country, it applies to all ages now, and that's why you're seeing these things applying to other races like the Class 4. So good good programming there uh, for that. That sounds like you had another great uh, day out there, um, and I'm sure they looked after you extremely well. Yeah, I must thank... Uh, Sam Bartlett, the president, and everybody there. It's it's a really friendly friendly club. I enjoy going to Quilpie. It's a long way from here, but we turned it into a, a five day expedition, which is fine. And um, the uh, the uh, the meeting, um, the crowd was, I would say, on a par with what there was at the previous meeting. Might have been down a fraction. There was a couple of big weddings in the area and a big fishing competition. So as you know, Rob, from your involvement with Longreach, if if, if there's opposition there, it can take the crowd away. Um, it's always usually on the same weekend, but it draws people to the town and um, and everyone does tend to benefit that way, Paul. But uh, another great uh, report coming out of Quilty. Quilpy, where do you head to next, though, with your calling? Um, I haven't got to, uh, Gainder. I go up to Gainder next yep. next month on the uh, the first uh, Saturday in June. Uh, Gainder race twice a year. I go up and call their meetings. I think I've told the story a million times. It's where I called my very first uh, race back in uh, 1973. So Gainder's pretty special to me and... As long as I can see them all right and spit them out, I'll, I'll keep going back to Gainder. <laughs> well, look forward to you coming back on Bushbeat for a report out of Gainder, Paul. Thanks again this morning for Quilpie. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Steve. See you later. Thanks, Paul. Paul Darlin joining us this morning on Bushbeat. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. Down the side of the track they come, 500 out. Bill Macedo already being felt for, pushed along by Thompson coming to the corner. Grey Cliff is looming large. They were followed around the outside by Poetic Attacks has put itself right into it. Rocco's in the middle coming. Grey Cliff has hit the front in the cup. Bill Macedo trying to fight on. Rocco grabbed them out wide. Rocco's hit the front. It's Rocco in front. Rocco's in front of the cup. Bill Macedo trying. Rocco's won the cup. Rocco first, Belmacita second, Poetic attack. Yeah, John Bluey Forsyth, pretty excited there. Rocco, favourite punters were excited as well. Started $1.70 for Steve Batiris, Graham Cleesey Road. Of course, uh, my memory of Steve Batiris, Rob, was he had a very good horse years ago um, called, he was involved in the ownership and then eventually trained it called Strictly Smart. Mm-hmm. Going back over a decade ago, ended up winning a, a heap of races for that for Steve Batiris, who at the time was running a cafe. I'm not sure what he's doing these days, if that cafe is still going or not, but yeah, he, he ran a cafe in town for many, many years up there in North Queensland, Steve Batiris. 
and I could be wrong, but I had a feeling Strictly Smart may have been one of those impressive two-year-old winners of the uh, Parry Nissan. Used to be called the Parry Nissan in Townsville, but don't hold me to that one. Steve. No, I think you're right. Ended up winning uh, 27 races from 60 starts by Strictly Ballroom. And it was Strictly yep. Smart. I'm actually just going to pull its form up uh, in a moment as we wait for, for Peter Rowe to join us. But, yes, it showed enormous potential. Uh, as a younger horse. In fact, Peter Rowe might be able to tell us the story. But, yeah, Steve Batiris trained um, for its last ever start, which was in the Cleveland Bay in 07, but started its career, of course, with um, a, um, a TD Davies uh, in the early days, and then Steve ended up taking over the training. But Peter Rowe is with us now on Bushbeat, Rob. Yeah, good morning to you, Peter. And this is a fabulous meeting, a two-day meeting, one of those iconic meetings in uh, far north Queensland out at Mount Garnet, and I'm sure you're probably still recovering, Peter, because uh, not only did you enjoy it, you had a winner with the cutest money going your way, but there's plenty to report on out of this meeting with riding performances, and of course, we heard Bluey's uh, call of the Cup winner, Rocco, and I must congratulate you. You nominated this horse last year as a possible Townsville Cup winner, I think it was, when he was a Class 3. Congratulations on that and on your win, and uh, great report coming through on Mount Garnet. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, guys, and yeah, it was a, a really good weekend. Um, obviously, with uh, COVID last year and missing out, I reckon it would have been a record crowd. Uh, Friday, you drive in, and normally there's you know, plenty of space for tents. We got there Friday, and it was chock-a-block, and then come Saturday, you couldn't even see the 1,350-metre start. There was tents all the way around there. So a great weekend, some great racing. The track was presented in the best order I've ever seen it. Great grass cover. Um, often you go to these bush meetings and the track gets upgraded from a good three to a firm two. It was the opposite. We got um, the stewards got there on Friday. They had um, a bit of rain Thursday night, and we got downgraded from a good three to a good four for the first time that I can ever remember. And it was it was a great weekend of racing and some really good results. And the results shared around, I suppose, too, which was good to see. And just for our listeners, uh, just explain where Mount Garnet actually falls in far north Queensland. It's about two, uh, two and a half hours southwest of Cairns. So we head up the Palmerston Highway and through um, Miller Miller and Raven. So out west, um, if you keep going, you can get out through the Lynn to Ironsley Oak Park, Hewenden, and then down the middle to Townsville. So as a, it's about two and a half hours, three hours with the horses on, and um, it's a little town. They race once a year. We've actually held a couple of transferred meetings from places like Cairns and Innisfar when we've been washed out there because it's it's known to be a dry area um, but with the rain that's been up this way it's no surprise they got a little bit out there and it was as I said it was fantastic to get out there. And the numbers really held up well I thought Pete across the two days as we go through the Friday part of the meeting and as you said honours very evenly shared and uh, of course combinations like Fred Whelan and Stephen uh, Wilson combining Lacey Morrison continuing the comeback trail take us through the features of Friday. Yeah, I suppose the feature races to report were the, the bracelet, the um, Bob Atkinson Memorial bracelet, and it was a really small but quality field of open gallopers, and you had the likes of Space Time and Dream I Can and Blue Shan, who were genuine open company horses. You had salesmen returning from a cups campaign last year, and um, lo and behold, the hot, hot favourite, Bold Type, a real big change of riding tactics here. Um, obviously, when you've got Lacey Morrison on, you don't need to give too many instructions. And this horse has been getting back and getting home. And she took it um, by the reins at the, as the gates opened and there was going to be no speed. And she elected to take up the lead and stacked them up and was too good. Um, beat space time, an amazing effort carrying 62 kilos. He's as honest as they come. 
and then Dream I Can and Salesman filled the minors, and it was it was a really hotly contested race. But I think the best rider of the race won the race. Yeah, second up since April 20, so great training performance for Stephen Massingham. And, of course, those Headley colours continued in the following race. The cutest uh, money going off with fast enough, a rich enough. Um, tell us about that win for Steve Wilson. Yeah, it was it was a tough win. Um, a very aggressive ride by Steve. There wasn't a lot of speed in the race. Um, it pressed forward from towards the outside and it, it slipped away on the turn. It put a couple of lengths up on Botox Lady and, and my colour exclusive Mo. He was he was grinding away to the line. I think he's looking for a bit further. But I was fast enough um, a headley horse, yes. But it's actually bred by Tom, so it's one of his ones that he's had out of one of his mares up here. And um, it was it was a tough win. Botox Lady was a good run. The eye catcher in that and bookmark him wherever he goes. His dad's horse called Hope as always. He's finally starting to put it all together. And I think there's a 1400 meter maiden and possibly a mile maiden coming up. Oh, I think he'll be one to watch uh, at the TAB meetings back on a bigger track. And, of course, the big feature uh, with the uh, Magic Millions up-and-coming stayers benchmark 60 is the Rob Kosh Memorial taken out by Roth and Bell. Yeah, another horse that I really like following. He's he's another locally bred horse, which is fantastic to see. Ray Moller does an amazing job with him. I think Ray's only got him possibly one other in work. Um Bred by a great bunch of people up here, Brett Dawson, uh, my bosses, John and Peter Bacconi, they they raced the Mayor Bella Serena down south. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie, I, I picked him to win. But however, I was cautious of him up to the 1700. Um, but he did, did it with ease. So I think even, I'm not sure the noms aren't out yet, but it wouldn't surprise me if he backs up this week in the Gordon Vale Roy Marsh Memorial, which is another leg of the Magic Million series over 1800. And the way he raced, I, I think he'll be more than competitive again. He's, he's a really nice yeah. little horse, and yeah, I think he's stepping out in distance will suit him. Yeah, why not? Two wins and three placings. The last five, he was in great form. And, of course, so you were mentioning evenly shared. Well, there was a double spread across the two days with Janelle Ryan and Rachel Shred. They had a win with Labrusco, and that combination backed up on the Saturday. And Frankie Edwards and Ricky Ludwig rounded out Friday with Tycoon Thunder. Yeah, first start in the north for Tycoon Thunder and it was more than impressive. It won by three lengths with his ears pricked. So moving forward, I think um, it'll be a TAB horse for sure. And Labrusco hit on it as they come. He was um, probably the quality runner in the race on Friday. However, it's been a little bit out of form. Um, went around the roughy, $19. Rachel rode it a treat and it was too good from Peony Rose. And Solomon um, was a really nice run for, uh, for Brucey Hunter as well. But... As you said, it continued over the Saturday. Um, Rach and Janelle Wittrick put it all together again on Saturday. And the dis- like, have a look at the margins in that race. First to last is 23 lengths. But I tell you what, I've never seen a 1,350-metre race run so fast. Uh, Wittrick and Amelia's rainbow, you, you would have thought there was a bonus for the horse in front of the first turn. They just went hammer and tongs. And really, it, it was just a race set up for them to. Then nothing from the back could make ground. But Rach got the best out of Wittrick and... It's really good to see Rachel back riding with some confidence. She's had a, a horrid couple of years with falls and injuries and um, still gets a kilo and a half off at the country. And I think she's still three kilos in Townsville and she's riding the best I've seen her ride and she's full of confidence. And it's that's what you need, confidence builds success. And, and she's doing that in a great combination, her and Janelle. They, they get along great, obviously. She rides them all work and it was really rewarding to see her win. Before we look at the Stephen Pateris and Graham Cleesey race-to-race double that wrapped up Saturday, uh, let's go back and uh, look at that cutest money going off with a horse called Small Reward, trained by one Peter Rowe and, of course, Kristen Swaffer on board the Dream Ahead filly. 
Yeah, I really like this filly. I picked her up at the Magic Millions um, online sale quite cheap. She's only had four runs for me for a first, two seconds, and a third. So um, there's plenty of upside to her. I know it's you don't get too confident when it's a Mount Garnet maiden, but she did it, did it really well. She had to chase the leader, Bikey Chick, who just ran lickety split out in front. Um, and she knuckled down well. Um, she's off, off for a well-deserved break now. She went to Townsville last start and was on the float for six and a half hours going down. There was a car accident. And I was hesitant taking her to Garnet. I thought maybe she'd had enough, but... Um, she'll go out on a good note now. She beat Bikey Chick, another one of Fred's and Tom Headley's locally bred runners, and Miss Starlight for Lacey Morrison and Nippy Seymour. It was great to see Nippy take a team up to Garnet. It's obviously, it'll be oh, at least a 10-hour one-way trip, I think, from Mount Garnet to Mackay, and um, Nippy took a big team up there. He didn't get a winner, but he was there with smiles on in his new shirt, the Nippy Seymour racing shirt. They stood out in the crowd. It was great to see, and I think he even celebrated a birthday just before going up, so um, he's a great fellow, Nip, and it was good to see him get a couple of places. And talking about buying horses online, of course, we know the Penny Agua story, but Alex Malief had to pay a little bit more for his full brother, Danny's Ruler, which continues to impress now with two wins out of four, taking the Class B. Yeah, another 10 out of 10 ride. Lacey Morrison, dictator, did what she wanted. He's a very handy horse, Danny's Ruler. Very different to Penny Agua. Um, obviously, Penny Agua gets up over the trip. I'm not ruling that out for Danny's Ruler, but he's proving his worth at, a, at the shorter trips and um, won quite easy, five and a half lengths pulling up. And it was great to see Alex get a, a Cornella. Regal Hart found a bit of form again and lobbed the second. And Red Denaro first up from a spell, was a really impressive run with 60 kilos. Um, another good face to see is Apple Ryan back at the races. Apple had a nasty fall at track work some time ago and it's good to see his horses back at work now and, um, and back at the races. And one jockey I love to see getting winners uh, regularly, and he has been of late. And, of course, he uh, he took the uh, the big win on Roth and Bell on the Friday, Masayuki Arby, and uh, he backed up with another win with Shalee de Villiers, uh, was supposedly wicked. And he's been riding winners pretty regularly of late. He has, and especially this horse. That's four in a row now for supposedly wicked. And, um, and all ridden four in a row. Absolutely, and it's no, no mean feat to get four winners in a row anywhere. Um, people will say it might just be at the country, but this horse will go, I'm pretty confident, to the Battle of the Bush Heat at Gordonvale this week. And I'm telling you now, if it, if it can qualify for the final, it'll be in it with a real live show. It's just come to the north and is getting better and better. Um, wicked style filly, obviously, so it's got a little bit of heat around it and they can all tend to have a little bit of spice, but Charlie's done an amazing job and um, it was great to see Gavin and Casey Kinley side who are big supporters of the racing in North Queensland now. They've got quite a team um, with Charlie and I've got I've got three or four horses for him at the moment. So it was Gav made the trip up and it was great to see him get a winner and, and moving into the Battle of the Bush series, I think he's got a really live chance. Um, beat Deluxe Rocker, the favourite. Looked looked like it was home and supposedly Wicked did it tough three deep and got there on the line and Institution in another brave race staying on for third, only well less than half a length from the winner. And, of course, the meeting wrapped up with the race-to-race double. Stephen Pateras and Graham Cleese, and I don't know whether they had jockey and trainee, trainer premierships over the two days, but uh, they must have gone pretty close, these guys, with this race-to-race double if there was a premiership. Um, yeah, they. I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. I think if they did, I think Lacey might have snuck in because she had a couple of winners and a couple of placings. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Jimmy with the dash, it got up at... Um, it was favourite. It won a maiden in Cairns in good style, but Canunga Hill last start and went, had to step right up into 65 grade, which isn't an easy feat anywhere. 
Um, you had horses like Soldati and Shay Roz coming off good runs, and then you had the Groom, who's a handy horse on its day, and um, Graham just rode this 10 out of 10. They went lickety split in front. He sat off and actually was last on the turn. My father, Lickety Lockie, hit the front, and I thought, New Beauty, a chance of a double here. And then no sooner had I thought that, Cleesey let the handbrake off, and Jimmy with the dash went straight past. <laughs> um, and it, it won convincingly in the end, eased up on the line by a length and three quarters, beat my bloke, Lickety Lockie, who I'm really glad to see back in some form. And the groom now with Kristen Allender and Innes Vale, it's another horse who's got any amount of ability and it's starting to race back into some form, which was good as well. And, of course, Rocco taking out that cup, as we heard Bluey. Did Bluey call both days, Peter? I didn't think I heard his voice on the Friday. Yeah, no, he was there both days. No yep. show without punch. Bluey loves Garnet. And <laughs> he um, has, has a, had the crowd going superb on Saturday. Like, you know, we didn't get to race last year in the bush in North Queensland at all. All of our country carnivals were cancelled. Yep. And it was... You know, I won the maiden, and the crowd, when Bluey said small reward won, the crowd was that excited, threw their hands up in the air, let out a cheer. Kristen fell off her right in front of them all because she shied. They were that excited. And every race, Bluey amped the crowd up when the winner came in. And I wish I had taken a video when Rocco came in because the hill was absolutely packed in all the different camp shirts. So there was colour galore. And... Honestly, you you probably would have heard the roar from down in Longreach, Rob. It was just amazing. <laughs> like the, everybody, regardless if they backed it or, you know, we cheered even when Graham and the horse came back in because Steve and Maria Pateras do an absolutely awesome job and they deserve every bit of success. And Steve takes horses to all the bush meetings and for him to win the cup, there wouldn't have been anyone in the in the audience at the grudge that it was fantastic. And Graham Cleese, you can't say enough about Graham. He's on the comeback trail after years off with injury. And he just outsmarted everybody in the cup. They they took off before acceptances and he just bided his time and got the horse to the outside. And I, I thought it was a race in two. I thought Rocco and Chinero would find out the finish, but unfortunately Chinero got posted three deep the trip. And yeah, the, the ride and the best horse in the race won the race, that's for sure. Yeah, it's great when you get uh, crowds reacting on those big days. It was the same case at Bar Calden with Sicilating and Belenti's clash. But, uh, Pete, this, this meeting, this two-day meeting, just to wrap up this morning for our listeners, uh, it's something unique. It's very authentic. But what stands out most to you about the two-day Mount Garnet, Garnet meeting? Well, two things. Without sponsors, we don't race. And if you go through the um, fields and have a look at the names of the races, like I'll kick off. On Friday, the first race, it was the Dawson's Industries, Ray White, Pacconi's Family of Companies. So there's three sponsors on one race. Because mm-hmm. everyone missed out last year, they had sponsors throwing money left, right and centre at them. They did a lot of work to get these sponsors, don't get me wrong, but without sponsors, we don't race. And we got to race for greater prize money than what we do at a normal country meeting, and that entices people to go. So... Hats off to the club and sponsors because that's one thing that entices people from all over the place. And as I said, Nippy Seymour travelled 10 hours one way to get there. Um, so that's a big plus because country racing needs as much sponsorship as we can get to continue. Um, but the second thing was just the crowd. It's it's a crowd of, of, of vast backgrounds. You've got your rodeo people who are there because the rodeo's on Sunday. They come to the races Saturday You've got your people who have had family camps there forever. Um, I didn't get to stay up there this year. We had too many horses in to take in one load, so I did a day trip both up and back both days. But um, normally I've camped with Ralph and Margaret Tate, who are 
to me, they are Mount Garnet Racing, and it was really disappointing that I didn't get to stay there, but they made sure they come over and said hello. And Like, I had Splash of Paint Race on Friday, and we all know her background, and people just lined up on the fence just to see the horses. And when I took her into the mounting yard, I, Bluey said, you know, he said to the crowd, if you don't come over and have a look at any other race all weekend, he said, get over to the mounting yard now and check out this horse. And no word of a lie, there was people lined three and four deep on the mounting yard just to look at the horses because that's what they're there for. It's, it's a country meeting where people go to watch the races, not just the party. So it was fantastic. And like, honestly, I, I was gobsmacked at the crowd on Saturday. But again, crowd doesn't come unless there's racing and the racing was quality and the track was just immaculate. So it got five stars. It was the best, best country weekend we've had in a couple of years up here, that's for sure. I don't think you could sum it up any better, Peter Rowe, and uh, thank you again for this morning's detailed report and congratulations on your cutest win as well. And uh, your next meeting is at where? Uh, we had to Townsville Thursday. Got a little two-year-old in there chasing some more cutest money, which is always good. And then we um, kick off our Battle of the Bush series for the Far North at Gordon Bell on Saturday with, um, obviously, it's the feature race of Battle of the Bush, but we've also got the Magic Millions, Rob Kosh Memorial, Roy Marsh. So that'll be another good weekend. And we'll look forward to uh, further reporting down the track from you, Pete. Thanks again this morning. Good morning to you. Not a problem. Thank you. Peter Rowe joining us this morning on uh, Bush, Pete. The winners, the people, the places and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. And Rob, we're on the final leg. What do we have to talk about now? Yeah, as we open with the Pat Ogden Family Tree of Knowledge Cup, it was part of the Outback Racing Showcase heat at Barcaldon. Uh, Stephen, Pete uh, was exactly right there because the crowd at Barcaldon, five to 600, I haven't seen one like that since the opening of the grass track. And, and they waited till the end of the day for this clash. And I, I sort of created the analogy uh, in discussing it with the crowd prior to the race that it was like a, a lightweight boxer, champion boxer, taking on a heavyweight boxer in Sicilating. Sicilating proven in the open... Uh, sorry, Belenti. Belenti proven in the open company record, I think, with 13 wins now. Sicilating coming in with six from six. And he was still a class five horse. And this is going against proven open company horses. Now, Belenti, in all fairness, carried 65 kilos after Scott Giddos' three kilo claim. And Alicia Ross brought the weight down to 55 and a half for Sicilating. So there was a big weight difference. And it panned out that uh, Belenti going so early in the race, he was on the tired legs, as you heard in the call. And Sicilating had the last shot. And Alicia Ross, you could see a mind ticking over at the 800-metre mark. Do I start going now with this horse, seeing Belenti's going out in front so far, or do I wait? And she waited, and between the 6 and the uh, six and 400, started to slide around the outside of the field and had momentum and had a run left in it, whereas Belenti just had to keep battling away, not disgraced. It was, a, if you like, a, uh, a technical points decision I'd give to um, Sicilating, but a great result for Todd Austin and Pam Carroll and the owner and uh, Alicia Ross. Emotions were high when they came back as it was a very uh, uh, outstanding tree of knowledge uh, race and, of course, he takes the win in the Outback Racing Showcase heat, which uh, finishes up at McKinlay Cup Day. But, of course... They had a double on the day, uh, that same combination, uh, Toddy and Alicia, and he's got another good one in Zebedee, three from three now, the Zebedee that's uh, won at all three starts at Barcald and got up over Glenda Bell's all-native and rural rebel. And, of course, that put Alicia Ross 
in front on the country jockeys uh, premiership now. It takes her to 29 wins, just in front by three over Angela Jones and that name, Anna Bacos, also sitting on 26. It was it was a day of some promising horses, actually, because strike point for Mark Oates. Always had potential, this horse, in putting it together. Matty Gray kicked the El Maher home. Two wins, two placings from its last four. Got up over Burden and side trip. And another good promising one I thought was American Genius for Billy Johnson and Dakota Graham, the All-American, uh, running below its best distance at 1,000. Almost too good for Hazar and Tower Road, which were both strong runs. Shane Iverson back training, got the winner with Tessa Townsend. Grey Rules, not a cutest horse, but took the cutest maiden over Ashun and my fixation. And the enigma that I call him, Grey Falcon. He's put two wins out of his last three together, so we're nearly going to put him on top in future instead of picking him second for Rodney Little and Emma Bell. Settled at the back, got a gap in the straight, took the gap, rushed home over the mile, and uh, one by three and three-quarter lengths over surprise selection and sizzle sun. But note also, those last two races over the mile, uh, Grey Falcon was about two seconds slower than Sicilating. That was It's an exciting time when you get these good horses uh, out here in any region, but our two at the moment, uh, Sicilating getting the win over Balenti on Saturday. Rob, Gregory Downs, I know we're going to talk about this meeting, but I, I noticed there's a horse that won there by nine uh, called Zagatova. Now, she's a mare by Bradbury's Luck. Jay Morris trains at Mount Isa. That was the third run for Jay. Previously, Mick Lakey trained at Deegan in Brisbane, but obviously that was emphatic. And the thing about it was the price started 650, but won like a twos on chance there on the weekend. Zagatova. Yeah, and often the price is a favourite when they win like that, but Zagatova and Jay Morris, another good one. And Rick McMahon continuing in the winning form on this Bradbury Luck. And a good effort, too, because it was first up since November. But. Uh, it's won two of its uh, three runs for the stable and uh, got up over Bakur, as you said, a big winning margin there. Now, Anne Webber gave me some details from this meeting, and one of the most important was that bookmaker Graham Saunders actually rated this track as having the best facilities and towers on the race and tower, calling tower and judges tower, on the racing circuit. They really did a top job, a bit like we heard with Mount Garnet. People go to Gregory Downs, uh, which you look at that, you're, up, you're going up towards Burketown on your map, if you like and featured by doubles on the day, and good to see Dan Ballard kicking home a double, as well as Dad Keith. Keith combined with Tanya Parry, who, of course, leads the trainers' premiership, Tanya. She's well out in front with 33.5 wins over 27 for Billy Johnson and Toddy Austin creeping up there with 24. She combined with uh, Keith with Flossie Top and also Exposed Secrets. An ex-North Queensland galloper took the cutest maiden, so that, uh, that was a big win too, five and a quarter lengths. Uh, and as you mentioned, Zara, uh, Zagatova. But then Dukes County, and uh, Anne indicated this is a good horse for Denise Ballard and Dan Ballard. Another Dixie prospect, two runs for the stable for two wins, and it got up over Static Lift and Grand Symphony by two lengths. Keep an eye on that one in the northwest, from what I'm hearing. But loud enough, uh, Dan Ballard's other winner for Stephen Royce, and it was beginning of a race-to-race double for Stephen, loud enough, has gone back and defended his 2019 title. Of course, the racing didn't happen in the Berkshire Cup Outback Racing Showcase Heat Open over the 1300. And he's a good old campaigner. He's second at Maxwellton last run. Two from two at the track, defeated Spanish Hurricane and try and run amok. And I'm sure uh, he's going to look forward to going to the final at McKinley. And King Landon, this one went one well at Winton at its last run. Another Stephen Roy's runner and Jason Hooper's been on it in these wins. Here's a big win, seven lengths in the benchmark 55 over Fran Drell and Myola Millie. So great racing and great doubles across the board there as we also wrap up by looking 
at uh, Fangirl on the country track. Dallas Hodge and Hannah Phillips combined with Circuit Judge came off a Gladstone uh, win last start, defeated Viking Clap and Disco Dougie. Another Whittington in Toy Whitty took out the maiden. That's first win this campaign over She's Royal and uh, Beautiful Diva. And then uh, Eric... Uh, Era Cobra for Jason Devine at Thangul. First run for the stable with Chris MacGyver on. Got up in the open handicap over Galapagos with Native B in third place. Bob Murray and Shannon Stephan. The honours were very evenly shared over the day. This walking or dancing horse destination rocks getting up over Lennon's Paddock and Queen of Main Street. And a good win by Ruffin it, I thought, uh, Zoe Hone. This one I remember running at Emerald on the uh, the day of the awards night there. And Bodine Apo kicked home the Atlante four-year-old gelding, also in the money with provincial form at its last four. Over the two Craigleys, Craigley Arian and Craigley Satina. And, of course, Steve, out of the provincial meetings, just to quickly highlight on Townsville on Thursday, Stephen Wilson, Bobby Alyssa with doubles. Ashley Butler, Ryan Wiggins, Manu Potguider and Ricky Vale also out of doubles on Thursday at Rocky. Mackay on Friday, Montana Philpot now on the provincial circuit there with a uh, double. And Carl Spry, he's been getting doubles and training winners as well. And at Bow Desert on Saturday, treble to Noel Callow and doubles to Travis Wolf, uh, Wolfgram and Zach Lloyd. And I've mentioned those jockey premierships, they are heating up. But next week, which will add to the results there, of course, uh, this Thursday, Townsville tab meeting, Friday, a Gatton tab meeting. And, of course, here we go with the picnics again on this Friday, Saturday. The Oakley Amateurs at Corinna, the one that Josh Fleming uh, loved to go to. And uh, now Andrew Watts will be doing the calling at that one. And it also races again on the Saturday. And then on Burren Down on the uh, Saturday, it's the next leg of the Coast to Country Series and the Battle of the Bush qualifier. Battle of the Bush also heating up with Gordon Vale. And, of course, Longreach has a Battle of the Bush qualifier. Mount Isa has a Battle of the Bush qualifier. And uh, Rockhampton TAB meeting as well. And on Sunday, Charters Towers, Battle of the Bush qualifier. Everyone is keen to see this series happen and the big final of $200,000 uh, up for grabs this year. Heaps of heats coming up, Steve, um, this Saturday coming and nominations will have closed already for those meetings. Yeah, 26th of June it is. Of course, Healy Stakes will be on that day as well. Also, the Tattersall's Cup, the Group 1 Tats Tiara, the Gold Crown and the Tattersall's Stakes. going to be a wonderful card. So, Battle of the Bush final, of course, over 1,200 metres. Just on Rick McMahon, we know he came back after a year and a half off back in late Feb. Now, as it sits at the moment, he's ridden, well, he's had 42 rides back for 13 winners and 10 placings. We just mentioned at Gregory Downs on the weekend, he rode there, that impressive winner, Zagatova. He rode a second placing there as well, Spanish Hurricane, and a horse called Immutable was unplaced. But, yeah, Rick McMahon, that's not a bad strike rate, is it? 13 winners from 42 back this time around. Yes, going extremely well on that. Uh, Dan Ballard, the winner of this championship for the last two years, he's sitting on 25 with a strike rate of 29%. But uh, young Angela Jones also sitting with that strike rate around 29%. So it's great to see this competition taking place and shaping up as we count down. But uh, I'll be available for any news on country racing. Just send me an email at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au or get me on Facebook, whatever means you need. And uh, we'll be back next week to uh, discuss all matters country racing, Steve. And Tony will come back with lots of cod for us to eat. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yes, the fishing trip. He's having a break. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, listeners. Rob Luck, Bushbeat.